kick, kick ball change, grapevine over to your neighbor and dosy dough, bitch. Dosy dough. Wait, okay. <laughs> I just jam out to this music, y'all. Okay, greetings and salutations. It is time for another episode of Bald and Bingeable. My name is D'Angelo, and I'm here to take you through an auditory journey through the second half of our interview with Love Connie. You guys, j'adore love Connie. We had so much fun sitting down that I had to make this a two-parter. So enjoy the second half. If you guys need me to just back it up for one second, this is when she's talking about Legally Blonde, and this is the part where she meets Reese Weatherspoon. And when I met Reese Witherspoon, Reese was, I believe she was going around and she had a blonde joke and, you know, she would, Hey, uh, this is Reese. You know, she's the star of the movie. And she would, you know, be like, Hey, you know, and she would tell this little kind of corny, cute blonde joke. Yeah. And I thought, Oh, Oh, well, Oh, give and take. Uh, I have a joke. Oh, my favorite blonde joke. And I said, and I can't believe to this day that I said this, because she was so pretty, you know, she had her L Woods. So you got to also think, I'm looking at her and thinking, oh, Reese it's Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. But pretty soon, you know, in 20 years, this is going to be an iconic look that she's wearing and everything. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, Reese, I have a blonde joke. Uh, what does a blonde say after her first blowjob? And as soon as blowjob came out, <laughs> I forgot I was also dealing with a Texas, um, a Tennessee Southern girl who you don't say things like that in front of girls like Reese Witherspoon. And she kind of was like, (laughs) yeah, she was like, what? And I said, I love you. As if it's a visual (laughs) joke, as if I said, I love you and then swallowed. Yeah. And I I don't know. I don't think she appreciated that too, too much. So I kind of stayed out of her way and I was more, you know, into the realm of Jennifer Coolidge and, you know, uh, Ryan Heffington was in that scene. He's the uh, he's the other guy. There, mm-hmm. there were only two guys there, me and um, Ryan Heffington. And he choreographed that Sia video, Chandelier. So oh. he's like the biggest choreographer in the world right now. And so, yeah. And then Tony, Tony fucking Basil. I couldn't believe that. And I thought, oh, well, the first thing I thought was, why am I not dancing? Wait, wait. I, <laughs> why know, did I think where you want to start? Why am I here as an actor? I it was just like I wanted in on that number so bad. And then my I had to exit. I remember I had to exit and go in the back so that they could dance. So I just remember being like, again, I was like, I am always the outsider. Why can I never get in? And even that again. But thank God it worked out like that. Um, there was an early cut of the movie where they, I just disappeared and I never came back with that line. And uh, a friend of mine had said, ooh, he went and saw a screening of Legally Blonde and I just wanted to tell, they were being nice to warn me, you know, as, as we do in Hollywood, don't ever tell anybody you're in anything until you see it with your own eyes and you know damn well that you're in the cut because I learned my lesson 
when I got cut out of Dharma and Greg and my friends were furious at me because they had to watch Dharma and Greg. They're like, damn, it's the worst show on TV. And we've been watching it. That show. (laughs) We just see you in the background. That's so Um, funny that, that, yeah. I mean, like you have to like, I remember once I was working on something um, a bunch of years ago and it was for out TV or one of those Mm -hmm. networks. And it was like, oh, okay. And so it was like, I told everybody like, oh, I'm doing this thing. And I'm like <laughs> this and like, it was like, oh, great. And then it like, and then it like never happened. You know what I mean? Like it just kind of like, it came it. out and I wasn't I in it. it. And it was like a, a gay travel thing. And then later on. I was on, hey, I was on that show. Cause I was, there's a shot of me doing the pre-core machine in that, that gay gym in San Francisco. Uh-huh. No, I totally, I know exactly what you're talking about. And this I remember so it was just like, it was so tragic of like, oh, I, I'm not in it. And it's like, don't ever say anything <laughs> until it actually comes out. <laughs> like I've shot other things. I've shot reality shit. And the thing is you don't say shit because it's not going to come out. Nope. So then you just look like the liar all the time. So it's yes. just, and it's, it's and it's nicer and it's nicer when someone watches it and then even if it's just one person they're like i saw you on that show what mm-hmm. a surprise you know what i mean because it's it's nicer to have that surprise than to tell everyone hey but it reminds me of this of my favorite karen black film which is called day of the locust which mm-hmm. is all about this She's a very conny girl. She's this kind of two-bit actress trying to become a big star. And uh, John Schlesinger directed it, who was openly gay. Well, not openly gay. Um, he did Midnight Cowboy. And okay. uh, um, he even he even did that horrid Madonna movie with Rupert Everett called The Next Best Thing. Yeah. Some shit like that. Yeah, that's right before he died. He was awesome. In Day of the Locusts they wind up i think like at man's chinese theater to see a film <laughs> to see a film that she's in and of course you know back in the 50s it's set in the 50s uh it's a big moment you know there are tons of people around and she's karen black is watching the film and these kind of dudes goofballs are on either side and she's like my scene's coming up my scene's coming up and literally it's this big action scene and then there's one scene and you see her go you know like that like this she points to the distance (laughs) and she points and it again look that gave me chills because even something like that for some people it's just like oh my god oh my god there i you know i'm in there but on a on the other hand it's like my god that was a whole bunch of nothing but yet it's not. And I guess this can go back to cancel culture and it, film. There's just something about filmmaking and film that it's, it's just magical, you know, for, for there's a lot of work it, that, that, that there's a lot of work that gets to that point because that woman did an audition. She waited two weeks. She had, she sat mm-hmm. on pins and needles. She had those moments and she actually gets herself to that day. Like you, that day that mm-hmm you get there and you had got yourself ready and you show up a minute too late. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's those little things all contribute to that moment that she's going to now be pointing off into the distance on screen. All that stuff led up to that brief, you know, five seconds that you Mm -hmm. get to see her. Yeah. Like, so there's so much that goes into like every piece of art and every, you know, and the funny thing about legally blonde is luckily, um, when they shot my line last 
they had already done that whole dance sequence. And I was doing some stuff in the background. You can kind of, it's interesting if you look in the background during that whole scene, I'm not there. And then I'm there doing this girl's hair. It's, it's kind of a bad edit. I don't know if people uh-huh. know, but uh, yeah, I kind of, I'm like Captain Howdy in The Exorcist. <laughs> I flash and then I'm gone. And then I flash and then I'm gone. Um, yeah. But um, I, that, I believe it was a one day contract. It was just like a day gig. But mm-hmm. after they shot the scene, it went so well. And they were like, we want you to come back. And it turned in from, then it went to a three-day contract. And then it turned into a week contract. So nice. that Legally Blonde thing worked out really well for me. I remember Jennifer Coolidge. I kept showing up on set because I had known Jennifer through Groundlings um, and the Nellie Olsons, you know, because all the sketch comedy players kind of knew each other. And um, she would just look at me and she'd be like, Oh my God, man, you are working this gig like nobody else on the gig. And I was like, I said, I'm in this movie. And I'm like, you ain't getting me up. But yeah, I was almost cut out. And you were staying. I I was blonde. (laughs) I love my favorite rock group is blonde. I'm like, no, blondes, I'm I'm in. I just wanted legally blonde on my resume. So yeah, that was a real, real blessing. And thank God I wound up. I wasn't cut out. Yeah, that would have really sucked. The cultural phenomenon of it all. And then I we have to talk about this just because I know the, the kids will want to know. So you did RuPaul's Drag Race. And like, what was that like? The the change even in like your social numbers and everything from that appearance? Like, so. How well, I, I, I was one of the last people to ever get on Facebook. Um, I was one of the last people of my friends to get a cell phone. Um, I just, I was not that interested. I remember someone like, join Friendster. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know what I, I can was see doing you here. <laughs> like, well, I, I, yeah. I mean, but I didn't even really have that big of a social circle and I didn't go out that, I mean, I went out, but I don't, you know, I just, the idea of sitting on the computer that just, you know, because I didn't have a phone. You know what I mean? It wasn't all on the iPhone. So you got to remember. You had to you sit in front of a laptop. A, yeah. And I just was like, no, no. Um, but then I realized that like for the Nell, the Nellies got back together in like the latter 2000s. Mm-hmm. And then I knew I was like, oh, we should build a presence. But again, too late and a dollar short on that, that, you know, that ship had already sailed. So um, when, again, when I, after 10 years and no more auditions, you know, uh, again, management, I, I, nothing was really happen, happening. I decided, I was like, well, what am I going to do as far as a performer? And then I just thought, well, who do I have? And I thought, okay, there's Connie. But a friend of mine that was a big fan of the Nellie Olsons, he always told me like, when I first moved to LA and I stayed with them in West Hollywood before I got an apartment, we were always dancing around that you know doing little dance numbers and i would choreograph comedy dance routines for the nellies like we did this uh psycho homage where me and the guy were we called ourselves the dueling janets or you know the two mary the two marians for marion crane and psycho uh-huh. and we did this whole you know mirror image janet lee and she opens the soap and then we get stabbed and then we die and I'm, I'm imitating all of the cuts from Hitchcock and that got such a great response from 
uh, the audience of a sketch comedy show because you don't always see dance comedy. Like there are a couple of like, okay, case in point, like anytime Will Ferrell would do something like on the, you know what I mean? Anything mm -hmm. that's just not just like we're sitting around the stage doing comedy where you have to have another talent on top of that you're a funny actor. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I don't know if you ever remember SCTV, but a couple of them used to do this synchronized ballet, this synchronized water ballet thing that seriously, it is the funniest thing you have ever seen because they're all doing this, you know, <laughs> you know? And so he and I started doing things like that. And we also did this um, aerobic routine where we were these, you know, this, um, it was called girly because you were penalized for any move that is even remotely masculine. I so it was love basically, that. <laughs> it was gay, it was gay guys spoofing the gayest sport ever. Mm -hmm. And we had this common commentator who we would be doing like all these moves and she'd uh -huh. be going like, oh my God, are you seeing, oh, they make the Brazilian look butch wow that was effeminate you know and then at the <laughs> end we had our periods we spotted through our spandex as they said and in the 90s that got the hugest laugh ever and then 10 years later we were part of this it was a film called Outlaugh, and it played right. at outfest and it was a full audience and we were at that theater on la brea and I'm thinking, okay, this is the last hurrah. This is the last hurrah. If, you know, if the Nellies can't get something going out of this response, because I said, the audience is going to die when they see this. And they're laughing and they're laughing. And then we plop down and we start doing scissor legs. And uh -huh. you see this little blood stain. And instead of laughter, you, it was like this collective, <gasps> gasp and i'm telling you i'm telling you when everyone gasps at the same time uh -huh. it's this weird feeling in a theater like oh no 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 you just you breathed in all of the energy and it was dead silent and i thought they don't think that's fun and now i have a feeling that oh my god could you imagine if a gen z yeah. you know you know would would see to you know gay men having their peer oh god you know yeah again so maybe one day we'll do it and we'll try all this stuff out as 60 year olds and uh so did somebody <laughs> see that to get you onto the drag to, to get you on drag race did somebody see oh, the no. aerobic routine um, for, for like the uh, well F fenton and randy knew they had they had done a hidden camera show when like in 98. So world of wonder had been around, they were New York guys. So mm -hmm. Nora, the girl in our group had known them forever. And we had done a hidden camera show. Okay. It wound up getting it. It played on HBO, but it turned into something like the naked players meet the people. But we were of course cut out again, because we, okay. Let me just try to, okay, this is from World of Wonder, the RuPaul okay. producers. And our, our hidden camera thing was called Sperm Bank. And they built this little fake stage and they put out an ad in the back of LA Weekly and looking for um, sperm donators, uh, cash money, you know, what, you know, this whole mm -hmm. ad. So these real guys showed up to this place on Sunset Boulevard that we had dressed like a doctor's office. And we had Nora, 
to donate their sperm. And we had Nora as a sexy nurse and she would like lead them into this little room that was built like a little theater, like a little porno theater. Uh And also she gave them these, she gave them these huge jugs, like you're going to need all this jizz. (laughs) Not a little one, not not the little standard sample size that you get when you go. This is like, they so, hand him a picture. So, <laughs> like, and they and these guys so far are none to the wiser. <laughs> and mind you, there are three-way cameras, and there's a little stage, and me, the two guys and the third and the the fourth Nelly, who was this uh, lesbian girl uh, Nancy uh-huh. Kassam, who was in Dominatrix, where we were all hiding and we were peeking through this like two-way mirror, and where we would watch every group of guys come in, and they would sit in these seats. And Nora would get on stage and she'd be like, hey guys, so here at the um, La Mirage Sperm Bank, we just wanted to try something different. And we thought, you know, we'd give you a little show so you can get those juices flowing and you can fill up those jugs. And then this <laughs> porn music starts and she starts kind of undressing. And meanwhile, we're watching from behind these mirrors and these guys are getting into it, but we're going, oh my God, are they gonna pull their, oh my God, oh my God, this is so crazy. So then the music changes to hard rock and Nancy comes out, you know, as this kind of dominatrix lesbian. And then Terrence and I are back there and we're watching these guys and they are getting into it. And like, you know, they're like pretending to lick each other and all this stuff. And then, this drum roll happens and this gay disco music comes up and Terrence and I come out in pasties, thongs, um, little gold caps and high heel shoes from Payless. And we start doing this whole, we did this drill team routine. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm telling you, the, a lot of the guys, you could just see anger. Like it was the scariest thing ever. Uh-huh. Then there were a couple of guys who were so, they were just so into the show. And then it would end, we would go backstage and Nora would go, all right, fill out those jugs. And then she would leave and slam the door. And then the guys would be left there. Only one of them unzipped his pants, you know, when they were oh able to stop him and say, hey, but there was even one time where Terrence knew one of the guys. <laughs> He had gone to college <laughs> with this guy who was there to basically donate sperm. Uh-huh. And, you know, of course, he didn't sign the waiver, but it, it was it was so strange. I wonder know. where this is now. Like, is it living on the Internet anywhere? Do you, have you seen it ever? Um, I think they may have sent me uh, uh, again. It's just one of those things that, uh, yeah, I have old footage of it, but. Yeah, so we had known we had known. World you need to Wonder get these archives. Forever. We need a love. We need a love, Connie. <laughs> like like YouTube channel that you show us these things because these are gems. Like like this is good stuff. Yeah, again, <laughs> that's just kind of my my kind of old aginess is like yeah. I was gonna start that YouTube channel during quarantine and start uploading videos, but of course, you know, again, I'm just I'm more interested in live performance, so. Even the TikTok stuff and the stuff that was happening during quarantine, it was just driving me crazy, you know, because I miss live performing. And, and, you know, once once you reach my age, also, I've just been performing for a long time. You realize what feeds your soul. Mm -hmm. And to answer your question that I never answered about the drag community, you know, after the Nellies. I, I, a friend of mine who, you know, I, we would dance around the room, he would be like, you know, you need to put a show together. You could call it the Daft Dances. And it would just be 
oh and i always thought I, that was always in the back of my head for 10 years i was like i think i could homage a lot of films and in the nelly olsons i had done a flash dance routine to manhunt and i did that whole tina tech number but i did it as an homage to friday the 13th you know and i would use yeah. a machete and a jason mask and i did that psycho number uh, and I thought, I have enough numbers. I think I could work. And I started working them into a show and I did it at the Cavern Club and I added some film sequences and uh, it was kind of like a Italian Gothic horror. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, but even back then I, I wasn't associating myself with a, as a drag queen, you know, You're because it was more of like a, yeah. more of a performance art. Like I wouldn't even bow in drag. I, when I would come up for the bow, I would have the wig off and they'd be like, you know, thank you. I, you know, because oh, I just was, I just was not going to be an old gay man, you know. In drag. On stage. <laughs> well, no, no, not in drag yeah. because that just wasn't interesting. And I thought you've got, you've got to entertain the audience. And I thought I can't entertain the audience as myself. I said, but if I dress up as Connie and then I, and I knew I'd, kind of hit a home run it just it was so nice to just be able to do i mean i need a lot of help on every show but the fact of being able to kind of you know create, create. and control everything and not have to kind of wait on someone you know it's up to me to get the ball rolling and then little by little you know uh like mr dan who runs the theater would be like you know people really want to see Connie after the show and they want to take a picture with you. And again, that had never, I, that I didn't know, you know, yeah. and I was like, oh, okay. All right. All right. Okay. I guess I will. But the thing is, is I worked so hard in the show and I, I'm a big sweater. I just was like, I didn't think people wanted to be around this just kind of hulking uh -huh. wet mess, but. So the meet and greet for before. <laughs> you have to sell the meet and well, greet for it, before. Well, <laughs> like it just, it, but it tells you who your audience is. And what I found is that the people that love that are the people who love rock and roll, you know? And I realized you're emulating Debbie Harry here. It's like, you know, mm -hmm. accept that and let them love on you and, and, and be around you. Even though some of you are like, ah, oh, you're so wet. Usually that's the gay guys. Mm -hmm. Trust me, the, the women, uh, straight women are my biggest supporters and there's something about uh well and I, I, not just straight women lesbians absolute gay women love just love me love me love me i think it's more about the act that they know i'm a, i identify as as a man i'm you know i'm just a guy i'm, I'm yeah i, I kind of move i dance like a girl you know so it's best that i dress up like a girl to move because the moves they transcend better because and i think that's what i it's also a take on when young gay guys are called girls or girlish or sissy by just trying to be themselves you know what i mean that i think was the most uh, as far as being a gay kid and not understanding what you are down south to i remember being at like one of my nephew's birthday party and there was this woman there that was convinced i was I was a girl mm -hmm. and it was weird and it was weird for my mom and then you know and then me and then my sister and then I start looking at myself and of course you know I already had those pretty legs and that that booty and I, I was wearing terry cloth shorts and an Elvis t-shirt 
And I remember looking at a picture of me from that day and just thinking how much I just, I hated my, uh, just, ew, just uh-huh. gross, gross, gross. So that when I, you know, as, as you become an actor and then you start to grow and start to look like, like I would look at headshots of myself and I would, it wasn't until just a few years ago that I was like, wow, I actually look like a man. You know, I would just see girl, girl you know, I'm seeing, a, you know, and it was never there. And a lot of uh, Coco Peru did a similar thing in one of her shows, the first headshots for theater he ever had taken and how he just hated that shot. And then he puts the shot up and it's, it's this beautiful, beautiful, yeah, beautiful shot of these big blue eyes. And, you know, it brings tears to my eyes thinking about how, you know, we all go through that, but hopefully we all get to a place where, you know, before you cancel everyone, just like <laughs> find out who you are, because trust me at 53, uh, you're, you're still, you're still changing and you're still funny things, but I have to say drag uh, opened up again. Never, I never, I never even dressed up in drag for my friends. When I was in mm-hmm. New York or Dallas, I was more concerned about being, being around hyper masculine guys that's why i loved going into um leather bars like the lure in new york or a bar that had a jukebox that was because mm-hmm. i wanted to be in control of the music so yeah <laughs> uh, i never and, and you know i was a big yeah. debbie harry fan and debbie harry always went to the club jackie 60 which was right around the corner from the lure which mm-hmm. was there near the hellfire club or the anvil which was the sex club i actually never went there and then this was during the height of the aids crisis so it was eventually closed but uh kitty boots who ran the door at jackie 60 which uh, you know she was just one of those door girls that like you didn't get in unless you looked a certain way she was a spinning she took my spinning class at crunch and she was a huge brian ferry roxy music band as am i so i always played roxy music in my classes so all these cool people would gravitate if they worked at that gym so i would remember leaving the lure you know and you know of course black and something and i would go around there to see if maybe i could see debbie harry coming out of jackie 60 and kitty would be there or i'd go say hi to her and she'd be like john do you want to come in i mean i could make something for you right quick like literally like (laughs) i could restyle you and I was even too, I was, I couldn't, I was like, oh God, no, no, I could. She's a top fashion designer, you know what I mean? And I'm and sitting she was going to put something like, together, and have it Ashley, like. <laughs> but there's something about that, that, that self-hatred that, that gay um, people are taught to where you stop. You, and I just think, oh, all you know, I, all of the things I turned down, you know, and then mm-hmm. I got, but a lot of it was my own fault. Like I was doing a lot of those nude plays. Like I was in a play called making porn, which mm-hmm. I actually loved because at that time there were a lot of really stupid gay plays like party and where they treated gay men getting together as if we all got together and got naked or it was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were really popular plays. And then that turned into those naked naked boys singing which that's yeah. the boy uh, that's weird to me Puppetry too. of the penis and all those like yeah, yeah they all now kinda... that i don't mind because to me anytime a man is exploiting his genitalia i'm like yay you have to do that because <laughs> do women's, women's bodies and genitalia have been exploited by men for so long men need to 
pull to their penises that. out. It, yeah, just to, but like the naked boy singing was a little. That it's weird. It was, it it's was cardboard just, cut out. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, and it's just you know it was just it was uh, strange to me. Um, so I just but, think it's it's pretty awesome though that um, you know because you come from this place of 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 not wanting to exploit that feminine part and that thing is and it was there, and then when you fully embraced it, that's one of the best parts about watching Love Connie when she's on stage is that you're having a great time because Love Connie's having a great time up on stage. Like you're feeling every single high kick. You're getting those boys into, you know, into gear and mm-hmm. you get a little salute and it's like, oh, it's, so, so you take people on that ride. So it's just, it makes so much sense, you know, that, that. It does, know, that, that, yeah. That, that, when you see it. So that's one of the that best it would be parts. Dra- yeah. Yeah. It, it really is. And, but the other, the other level in that, you know, cause that's the personal, that's the gay part of all of us that I can share and say, guys, it was so weird because that was such a, you know, drag queens almost, you know, they, they're scared. Well, back in the seventies, drag queens were very, you know what I mean? They weren't emulating Britney, you know what I mean? Drags. Yeah. And now with RuPaul's drag race, drag is so tame. My drag is less tame, but there's a lot of tame drag. And I like that because that kids like that. And I want there to be a safe place for kids to learn what a drag queen is, you know, before they learn what Connie, you know what I mean? Before, because I'm sure kids would love Connie, but Connie is like, I wouldn't take my kid to an Iggy Pop concert. You yeah. know what I mean? Or a Wendy o. Williams concert. Let's see. And- I'm punk. I'm more punk. You know, because I'm in your face. I also would never, luckily, I don't have to pad. I always love to look at the queens backstage at precinct, you know, and my hairy ass, you know, (laughs) who doesn't even tuck. And I get up and I'm sure some people could resent that, but no one resents that. It's funny that a butch guy has an an ass and legs like a girl and, and that that's just how it is. And that's what, you know, you know, you have to find your little specialty. Um, but the other thing about Connie, the reason Connie is always having so much fun on stage is because Connie is given through me the opportunity to, to star and be the star in these shows. And as openly gay actors, which that's another realm on its mm-hmm. own, you know, you don't get a lot of opportunities, you know, and, you know, you also you know, you get the lesser gay roles like the hairdressers, you know, or the florist or whatever. But, you know, the openly gay actors not because there wasn't a big star. You know, that's why Tom Hanks mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, Rupert Everett, you know, got some starring roles as. But I was thinking about that since they recast the gay guy on The Simpsons with uh, Tony Rodriguez, who's, mm-hmm. you know, a gay actor. So now I'm starting to think, oh, you know, back in the 90s, it was called colorblind casting, where they saw any race for any role, you yeah. know. Now, it's it, part of that could be called cultural appropriation. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's just interesting how it's things crazy. Changed. Yeah, because when it comes to that, too, because when you get when you get a casting and everything is assumed to be white, unless it says gay. Black, yeah. Black. Or Hispanic or yeah, Asian. Like, everything yeah so that's it's 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 great though that you get to express it and so okay mm-hmm. i know i've kept you here for a little bit can i keep you here for a couple minutes more just to talk about housewives i think i've kept you here obviously <laughs> with my with my run-on sentences and roads to nowhere 
<laughs> I love every single thing. And no, you've given us so many gems. That's the best part is like, I love people with good stories. So I just, I, I'm going to let you go because I want to hear all the stories. So yeah. Like, we need to get together I'm and happy. smoke a dube and just exchange stories. Cause I have stuff, you know, that I could probably give you too. Okay. But let's, mm -hmm. I want to sw switch gears here for just a minute. Is this the basement? It's the lower level. Okay. Before I let you go, I want to talk about housewives because I have nobody here in my home that wants to talk about housewives or anything. So, um, why? It's, it's just funny because ever. Well, it's funny because my partner is not into housewives, but when he hears the New Jersey or New York ladies, he'll peek over because he likes the voices. <laughs> I think because it reminds him of family, and then also like Beverly Hills. I think it's starting to kind of. It's drawn us in. So Beverly Hills right now. So let's talk about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It's back. And this is the first time I've genuinely been excited for a season in a couple years. Like, and I'm like, and really? Like, yeah. I was like, so disappointed by what they did to Denise Richards. I just thought you thing. girls are so fucking lame. Vile. That when a real star, when a real movie star, someone who actually can, is still working, comes on there. And, you know, I had always been Team Lisa Renna when she was on there and was just acting like an idiot because I, well, I just, you know, I love people like me that put their foot in their mouth and aren't afraid to make mistakes as long as they own it, you know what I mean? And I'm a huge Kyle Richards <laughs> fan because little Lindsay Wallace from Halloween, are you kidding me? I grew up with the Richards okay, sisters. Let's talk I was, I was, She's she's yeah. been Kyle has been blaming so much on Halloween, like the bangs last year. She blamed on the Halloween movie, and then this she, year she, she broke her, her nose. She breaks her nose. Yeah, she can't really explain exactly how what hit her in the face. You know what I mean? Like, but she's right. like, oh yeah, so something happened. Something hit me in the face, and so I had to go get my nose done. Really, girl? Really? <laughs> I I commented on her Instagram about you know when she was promoting Halloween. I said, look. It better be a two second cameo where she sees Michael Myers in her house and then they cut to an exterior of the house and she is running, screaming, just like she did in the first Halloween. If they set her up just to be killed, I'm gonna be really mad, but I have a feeling that that's what they're gonna do. So who knows, I guess it was, my, I guess Michael hit her in the face and they act, you know, or or maybe it was, it was probably a camera. She was probably in the way and then got <laughs> smashed or she's just a fucking sociopathic liar. Like most of the people on those reality shows. Or she like so, ran into something. Cause I've done that before where, where you like, where you run into something and you're embarrassed. So you try to act like it was something else. Like she ran into the door frame, you know what I mean? Like, and that was what it was. Well, but the thing is, is she had a really nice nose and I liked her, you know, I like, I like real noses. I, I liked, I, I mean, I'm all for people if they need to get it shaped up, but I liked her nose. I like how her sisters and her look, I think mm -hmm. they're, I think they're beautiful. That women. will, Speaking of sisters, Kathy Hilton, she's such a natural. She's so weird. I think she's a pathological there, person, yeah. which I'm waiting for. Um, well, yeah, of course. She raised she, Paris. And she's Well, she's also, Big Kathy was taking her to Studio 54 when she was a child. You aren't completely Well, you know, like, Kathy, Kathy wasn't, Kathy did like, she was on an episode of, How, of Happy Days. She tried the acting thing, but she married the Hilton really fast and she started having kids because, you know, um, that's what you do. Yeah. Um, Kim, like you say, the, to me, the greatest 
housewives exchange of all time is in the back of that limo on season one when Kim got loaded up. She's like, you stole my goddamn house. Kim, you are an alcoholic. You need help. Uh, I was just like, oh my God, my generation is dying that I am We're not gonna support you anymore, but the, my husband's oh not my gonna God. support you. We are done with this. And like, yeah, but- oh, Just awful, awful little baby sister, you know? But again, you know, yeah. It made good TV, and now we have Kyle yeah. and her sister on. The thing is, is like, oh my I, god, I, I've I've kind of found Kyle like since the Lisa Vanderpump push out and everything. Since goodbye, Kyle, I wasn't. I can't on Kyle's, stand Lisa Vanderpump. See, I wasn't on Kyle's can't side stand for a while. Her. I don't like Lisa Vanderpump that much either, but I. Uh, she's so she, gross because she's every time she has to sexualize a doll, it's just like, girl, stop. Sexy man, and of course, such a big every sexy man. every. <laughs> Every, every, everyone in West Hollywood just licking, licking them tatas. You I'm just be like, invited vile. Over. <laughs> so. I don't, I don't, I don't she, know who would. It's, she does. it's disgusting. Do you remember when it was the taco stand? Uh, delicious tacos. We always ate there. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Lisa, for ruining West Hollywood. But, you know, she's, she's, the gays uh... come in, we clean the gays come in and clean up the neighborhood so that the you know straight republicans can come in and and well, again clean clean up doing gay pride dear clean you know clean up yeah because now yeah. Is, isn't she's we she, really want to support her is tom tom in the space really? that chichi larue was in is that what that <laughs> yes. is yeah like it's i mean tom i don't ever go down there you know yeah you know i'm not a connie does not boy. listen <laughs> like, well listen connie Connie does not get invited to perform. I have never performed in West Hollywood. Never. Really? Not one. Never. I think maybe at, oh, St. Peter DeVille once um, they were doing like whorehouse or something. So when precinct opened, because I was down there, yeah. um, I think I came up as their invite. But, I remember yeah, it's just that. A different I remember vibe. whorehouse and hot rod because it was like whorehouse was upstairs. Uh -huh. And the, okay, but so I, like, I got you know I got I like invited to dance for that one. Yeah, I got that. I got invited to dance for that once, and I was so out of place because I was the only bare, hairy belly boy that they had, and then it was just a bunch of muscle boys, and then it was like whorehouse is happening, and it was like I disappeared. I went to whorehouse. <laughs> like I was like uh -huh. I am better <laughs> in this room of freaks than I am with all these little muscle donnas <laughs> downstairs. I was like I can't do this. What did he get me into? Yeah. Like, like what like, a gato like like put me up there um, yeah but okay how do you i would i would much yeah oh i would much think? rather be the i would much rather be the drag queen at like the eagle or you know what i mean it's just i it's home that's where i would want to <laughs> hang you know what i mean i don't really want to go out there you know because again yeah. uh yeah, that whole the whole drag again. I was not part of that. It's something that I realized you need to do it just to to promote, you know. But um, yeah, my theater world is still very different, you know, from the drag world, you know, um, because there there that is the community amongst a community, and the whole drag mothers and all that, you know. I don't, uh, you know, you I understand it. I yeah. don't, why? Well, no, because it's just, it's not something that I was ever a part of. And um, I, I get it and everything. 
that's the funny cool thing, thing is about, is I, the, about the artistry though is that you have pageant people you have people who are coming up with the drag bombs then you have this whole subset right now that's coming in as like youtube tutorial queens and then you have like the theater people who you know who go in there and that you guys can command a room and you guys can be on stage and really because there's, there's a big difference you know when, when somebody who knows what they're doing on stage and that can take on the energy that the audience is giving them put it back out i mean like that's and an also you gotta skill. remember there's there's also queens like christine and don't forget jane county was yeah. right there with blondie and the talking heads in the 70s at cbgb's at a punk club you know so those you know those were the people that i watched and that and all that grime of that i like that because like i say when i go see a show it's like i want to see them sweat and i want to be able to touch them and if something happens and i feel their body you know i can't i, I can't do that dressed up like a macy's thanksgiving day parade float no, you know not at and all. i and i've i've even asked people like how do you blend like what and and the comment has always been like you do what you do Whatever you're doing works on Connie. You know what I mean? So I'm, again, like I say, I've always felt like really outside of any and every circle, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know why, it, it, but it works. Because like I say, even that idea works for Connie. Because like I say, I want people to come and look at her as an underdog. Because all gay people feel like an underdog at some point. And, you know, see how she overcomes that or how she deals with her sadness you know there's a there's a melancholy with connie that i identify with and there's also there's just a real earnestness that a, you know a lot of people don't you know it's around character that people are yeah like that gives highs and lows people, so you can well it just brings you into this emotional response like i did a show about my cat dying and i remember just it was just this wonderful experience but if you've never lost, if you've lost a pet, and I remember people coming to the show and, you know, after the show, like, hi, and they would literally, and then I would look over at the bar and they would have to be processing this whole <laughs> love for, you know, something like a cat, you know? So, you know, I just, I just try to just be as honest as I can about what I'm into and what I love. And, um, and again, like that joy and that honesty comes through because as long as you know the highest compliment anyone has ever or does pay me is i enjoy watching you so much because you look like you're having so much fun and i'm going trust me i am happy the time a of your life ball, like a, yeah. the time of my life when you get and to do that another like, yeah another interesting thing when i work with younger kids who are like say 20 you know aspiring actors you know they look at me and they're like are you inviting agents or like, you know, any casting directors? Like, the show is so great. People need to see this. And I just kind of look at them and I go, I've reached the point where I, I want to be. This is the Academy Award for me. You know, no, if I, I don't ever care to go to another audition, you know, they used to be fun. They're just, they're not fun anymore. You know, so it's it's nothing like why would you look forward to it's stressful. It's so you're like, cre you've created uh, this safe space for yourself to just blast off. Well, no, just it's, yeah, it's just creation. You know, once you find it's it's like it would be 
you know, if I had taught myself, you know, you know, like a painter that like, ah, I, I know how to do this now, or I know how to compose on the piano. It's just that I think I know how to put on a, a you, but being unique, I really wanted to be, you know, mm-hmm. as unique as I could, you know, as far as that. But again, that's a curse in itself, because that then again, you don't fit anywhere. And even something like drag race, where that aerobics thing trust me everyone that saw that they really identify me as just aerobics you know if they uh, saw a show if they saw a show i'm more of a i more i pay homage to cinema but see i can't use any of that on any other platform because i would need film rights or music rights something that because i'm satirizing it i can get away with it on stage you know mm-hmm. because it's obviously i'm creating a joke on this but it's a parody you know, anytime of it. yeah and anytime people say but you could write your own it's like no 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 it works because you know um tina marie's lover girl is tina marie but then when you see me coming out and you're going wait this connie's singing about being oh i'm buying it i'm buying i didn't th- oh i'm buying oh so <laughs> You know, we're here. You have to know the original. Yeah, you have to know the original and what the original was saying. Or like when I do Daryl Hannah and Blade Runner, or when I do Nomi Malone in Showgirl. It's just like the fact that it's Connie. It's like then you see the parallel of how ah the Connie story and the John story or the you know your story is like that's just how why gay people identify with Nomi Malone or why they identify with Judy Garland going down the yellow brick road like i've got to get away from this repressed life and see what's out there it's, the sad thing about that fucking movie is that they go like honey honey you just got it all here in your own backyard and i'm home going no no <laughs> duh, i'm just like run dorothy like get out it just oh smothering it's you know i yeah uh, thank god for the big city Absolutely. Well, okay. So let's talk about. I'm going to talk a little bit about the other big city. Are you watching Roni? Are you watching Real Housewives of New York? Oh, of course. I love Housewives of New York. Okay. I never missed an episode of The View just because, like, like your brothers or like your partner says about the voices. <laughs> I miss living on the East Coast. I miss the people. I love the people. Genuine, real. What I love about those Jersey and is though they're just they're so real, and I just. I love them so. Yes. I love the fact that they put these girls like they're staying in in the house in the Hamptons, and like this is like one of the first times we've seen them have any kind of glam people around, you know, like in the in the New York house. But they all stay in the same house. They sleep in the house. They wake up together, have breakfast. So we're getting like a real dynamic of these ladies in a house together, which is one of my favorite things about well, they've New York. Al- they've always taken trips, mm-hmm. you know, and those New York bitches are the ones that just they and they love to find over the room i mean it's just like it's insufferable but leah is gross right now insufferable leah you know there there you go last season i thought oh i love this new girl she's coming in and she's gonna shake them up and she is absolutely insufferable i'm about to unfollow her ass on instagram and because she's annoying and she's this season she kind of like took the best parts of her from last season and i put them on steroids and i don't like it like she doesn't know heather thompson from anybody else and she comes out guns blazing and it's like you're getting into business that happened 
four seasons, five seasons ago that had nothing to do with you. So you should just say hello to Heather and just be done with it. But I think she's threatened yeah. by Heather because, you know, she's oh. got her married to the mob where Heather has yummy tummy and Beyonce and all this oh, other, like Heather ha yeah. Heather Thompson has like a whole resume, you know? <laughs> the, the That's smile. why Heather Thompson, because people use, smiles. when Heather was on there, pe people would do the Connie, Heather Thompson thing. But the thing that I love about Heather is the same reason why, again, I always love the housewife that no one loves because I like the housewife that keeps the best receipts. Mm -hmm. And of any housewife brand, one person who will remember everything that happens exactly how it did, no matter what you feel about her, but Kenya Moore, honey, that is the pageant extraordinaire girl because as I know about pageant girls Twirl. number one they are competitive as fuck they will do anything to win and they know how to win and they also have this that pageant girls remember they have to remember current events they have to remember all that shit because they well, were always quizzed on war so you're none of the porsche oh my god oh my god none of those girls are ever going to get over on kenya you know kenya's yeah. hard to accept Kenya, the thing that saddens me about Kenya is that she is not as, you know, forgiving, but that's because Kenya has also that, that relation, that sad relationship with her Ugh. real mother, which is so sad. And that's why I'm always kind of going to be team Kenya because none of those girls, all those girls, their mothers love them. They're, See, I've had an issue they're though. so extra. Kenya this past season, I just let it go stop with the slut shaming like let portia do what she wants to do like portia wanted to get that but big no it's dick. about portia lying i know yeah. but portia's a joke but listen see i, I please, find her fun that, the hot dog husband the hot oh come on well you know who she's with now opportunist she's with, well i don't care who she's with she's with because i can't husband. stand her she's who's she's, fallon the other girl the uh, one of the other girls fallon? on the series yeah this past season the new one yeah the, remember the girl who showed up at the party with her husband and then she never came back and all the other girls had the big party and she like with the party with bolo so there's that new girl and the thing is is and now he's engaged to portia so there's a whole thing going on in atlanta behind the scenes that like is gonna come yeah out i don't season. but i don't see, pay I, attention to portia because she lies See, Candy I, will tell you she lies, ugly lies. I think we're bringing ugly back husband, Phaedra. Ugly, think, ugly they're baby. Gonna, they're gonna hopefully bring back Phaedra. I'm waiting. More for that. lies. Yeah, more see? lies. But but, but I love unless it. you got that unless you got that hot husband, don't come back, Phaedra. Everybody okay. knows that Phaedra had the hottest husband yes. before Mario. <laughs> that and well. Do you think Evan from New Jersey's hot as as hot as everybody says he is? Jack. Oh, oh my God! Yes, the I men from all Jersey are all hot. The men from Jersey are my guy. Joe Gorga. Seriously, I listen. I, I don't. I haven't dated in years because in New York, I was never without a boyfriend. New York. New York is so Italian much easier though boys, to catch a dick. Like New so York much is, easier because you're on yeah. the street. They're judgment. They want to know what you drive, where you, you leave live, in the morning, and you go on a like, field trip. Terrible. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like, so Joe, Joe, Joe Gorga, I would have been after. And every time, like he starts talking about Tarzan, or and I also love that they really sexualize the husbands too. You know, he's he's mm -hmm. he lets himself be filmed, and I just think they're funny. I love when they get that whole like when they were kissing his butt, the whole stuff with Frank. Frank's a little too steroidy for me, but. 
I but really, really I like still, him. I I'd think still he's be a super it. nice guy. I'd oh, I'd be so it. into it. They all look I'm kind mad of that he like... and Dolores. Yeah. I'm mad he... that he and Dolores. Listen, she's, I, I like to go through and tell you like who I think the most beautiful housewives are of all time. And Dolores. Honey, oh, Dolores. And I don't know why she's doing all the plastic surgery. I mean, I get it. It's your choice. But Dolores beautiful please don't mess your you know just she's one of those ones that when when they they show her sometimes in those confessionals like she'll they'll show confessional dolores and i'll be like she's so pretty and that's like my comment like i don't listen to what she's saying and i have to like back it up a second and like and just kind of see what you know what was i like her too and i like how she handled them at the party when they were kind of coming on her and she's just you know because that's a girl after my own horror that is like we're leaving get in the car don't talk, you know, and she told him yeah. all off. It's like, shut the fuck up. And I love that. Andy Cohen's whole thing. He's he's got an obsession with all their face upgrades. Like, like he's like, Teresa, well, you but got here's new the lips. thing. Teresa, you got new that's lips. the first. You but if you, if you go back and look at the first season, the mm-hmm. first season, but that's see, that's that's people that okay, that's people that aren't actors. Some of them are like Kyle, you know, some of them, anyone who's on a housewife, Erica, Jane, whoever, they probably were a performer at some time or they do make really good housewives because Mm -hmm. they know how to work that camera. But when you get someone on there that's not used to being in front of the camera and then they go back and watch that season and they see, then it becomes this weird thing of where it's like, girl, stop, stop. You become Margaret and you get a whole new head. Like, but see, Margaret is someone who she was older than some of those girls. So Margaret, because you know, Margaret's jowly. So that's just how she's built. And she got to I, Listen, I had these forever when I was in my twenties. People thought I was in my thirty. I was forever. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I just, it's just how your face is shaped. I love Margaret. Uh, Margaret. That's the other one, like Kenya, who will have your receipt. And I love her husband more than any of those husbands. I love Joe Benigno. I love him. I just, uh, I would kill to have her relationship. Your husband's life. in the pool. Your husband's in the pool. Like that no, my is- favorite, my, my, no, my favorite was Margaret at that, at that, when they're eating the dinner, she goes, oh, hit a nerve. And she was just snacking on that. <laughs> hit, a hit a nerve. Mm-hmm. Hit a nerve. And my favorite is dumbass. T- See, the thing about those Bravo shows is he, they, they elevate the ones that really shouldn't be elevated because they're more sociopathic and mentally kind of ill. Teresa's, she's A1 narcissist. Like, she's weird. She had everything to lose and she lost it all. And we've watched it happen over and over again. That's why you, 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 I know, but you're elevating someone who's like, she's, she's gross. And the shit with Jack, that's why I love when Jackie is like, oh, you're confident. Did you learn that in J? I love it. I'm like, keep bringing it up. Keep bringing it up. Because it Teresa's a dumbass. In, yeah, it sucks that they were stuck She's in quarantine this year because they couldn't bring in Kim D this year because they had to, they oh, were quarantined. Oh, so we Kim didn't get a Kim. D. We didn't get a Kim D. <sighs> clink, 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 clink. I, I wanted one of those kind of scenes and we didn't get one this year. And who was the other one? Do you remember the other blonde who used to go, how are you? We used to laugh at her. She was, after Kim D, there was another little sh- little older blonde who got in the middle of all a bunch of bullshit on Jersey uh, with Teresa and uh, Melissa. I also don't like, uh, you know, 
it's that weird like I swear they're almost incestuous like they're, they're it's like the way she treats her brother's wife you know it's mm-hmm. just like she's weird and her dumb she's ass, got a crush on her brother like oh, Teresa God. has a tree she really does yeah she really does um I, what did I put on here I wrote on here like Melissa's just useless useless like there's no storyline Melissa has Oh my god going on. like she, last yeah. year when she wanted to be pregnant she had the sister that never appeared like it's just all the rest, these things the restaurant year. the uh, restaurant and then they that that was just actual like, joe thing though like so when when you actually look that up joe got into that restaurant behind everybody's back then wanted them all to you look involved. this stuff up so oh you girl go i will and, read oh my god i will read like the random it. things and so it's it's so good well like all the stuff right now with Teresa and lewis like this new guy like i think her new guy is is his hot he does look like the end boss he's hot and, like, but he looks creepy yeah he looks like he looks like a bad guy in a video game like he looks like one of those final bosses like that's what all the men yeah. on, on you know on this channel look like they kind of look like the koopa brothers from like super mario yeah but as humans and so like but lewis the stuff that they're right now saying about him that you know he's emotionally man, uh, manipulative to old exes that he had one well, girl that he was kicking out of the house that he put bleach on all of her clothes and like destroyed all well, her stuff that's and, perfect like, yeah that's perfect perfect for, for her yeah because so she's gonna end in fireworks well, do you think, they're gonna be the other forever. you think she's gonna find someone you think she's gonna find someone different than uh Geodice, Joe Geodice? No. Someone stable. She, no. She doesn't have any experience. She doesn't have any experience with men. But you know, her she's, brother. She's, she's <laughs> well, but again, that's where there's that weird relationship because Teresa's only been with like one guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And what a piece of work. He cracked me up though. Ah, oh, when he and the Joe Gorgo that fight, he because you know he can do those center splits. So it's like he's a spark plug, you know, and he mm-hmm. looks like he's out of shape. He's not. And I'll never forget. I remember when crazy Joe Gorga took off running for him and Giadis just went boom like that. And Gorga just bounced right off of him and then he lifted him up. And remember, he got all the hair. He got all yeah. Joe's hair dye. That was the that was some of the best TV I'd ever seen. Because the people season. were going, what is this black shit? What is it? I don't know. I don't know. What is this black shit? This is black. <laughs> as Joe's hair dye. It's his hand. Oh, it's, love it. Well, that's Loved the thing is, is when season when, when when the shows have real relationships and the family dynamic on Jersey. I mean, you'll never have. If you lose Teresa, you're going to lose everybody else. I mean, like because the thing well, is, no, but, she, but she's the like thing this is, linchpin. But, see, but she's got long relationships no, with Dolores. But, she's got long relationships with with these girls. But she gets rid of her family. The one thing that you want in there, she got the Wakilis were awesome. Because you had Richie Wakili, who I love. I loved his wife, who was Kathy. Teresa's cousin. Yeah. But Teresa's so threatened. That's why she doesn't like Jay. She doesn't what want anyone on there except her. The she gay cousin? Want, you know her what I mean? gay cousin? I'm oh, gonna kill her. her. Remember I loved her. <laughs> I loved her. Yeah. But the best, the best was when, and again, it showed how much a husband really loved his wife, is when... They were all coming down on. I can't. I can't remember her name. She, the his wife, Waki, Therese. No, what was her name? Kathy. I, Kathy. I can't remember. Kathy. Kathy. Kathy Wakili. And remember, they had only an audio because he went and she was crying and he got her and she was in the bathroom and you could just hear their audio and he is whispering to her and he's like, "I love you." He said, "I will burn this house down." And I thought, 
you got to keep people like that on this, but they don't want that. They want them to fight again. They just want them to fight and they wanted to start, you know, the producers probably told Teresa to like, Hey, go say that you hurt. You know what I mean? Trust me. Trust me. You don't think Andy yeah. Cohen's a genuine, a genuine dude. Do you? Mm-hmm. I don't come See, on. I think, I don't think this guy, I think this guy's a scammer. I think this guy conned his way into her life. He found that she, she found him on the Jersey shore, which is never a good sign for a long-term relationship. And like, and he was at a house that was maybe not even his. And like, she came out in the cul-de-sac. So those how like that little neighborhood that they live in, in Jersey shore, um, we've been there. Like, like, so. Oh, for real? Yeah. Yeah. My, My partner's, um, family used to have a house out there on like one of those blocks, like where the inlets are, where you park your boat, like right behind your house. And so if you don't have a reason to be in that neighborhood, you're not just there. And for right, some right. And for some reason, he was in that neighborhood that day. He, when she walked out the house, he was walking out his house. He was, he, he had her on like a, another stakeout and he was just like, yeah. he, he saw well, that as a cash all, cow. You know, it's, it's all manipulated. You know, they have to create the story, but they do a really good job as far as creating that story that is based loosely in reality. Yeah, yeah. look, I, they're I would, always would, entertaining. Yeah, this year for like all the Bravo shows, I've given them all like so much grace, you know, because they've been shooting in a pandemic and having to deal with, you know, like- Well, Jersey, I like all like the, yeah. Happening. <laughs> like, well, but see, but the, the good one that was happening was Orange County, because then, and again, I don't think a lot of us gays that watch this show, you speak about cancel culture. Like, of course, all of those New York housewives, you know, are Republican, like Trump supporting, like out the wazoo. Well, the New York one, me. it gets only Ramona because the other girls have well, all come out and they've-, they've uh, Luann is a, re- come on, Luann. Oh, come on. Think, Sonia, I, I wouldn't even put it past them all. I don't think Sonia even voted. Do you think I would Sonya hope voted? she wouldn't be. I don't think Sonia voted. I think Sonia Oh, oh probably not. Vote. But then you, did <laughs> like, you hear her when they started talking about, I'm doing Chase because it's giving to their, Wells Fargo, the Morgan Crest. Yeah. She would vote Republican to keep her money. That's why most, you know, women vote Republican. I, I, if I win that lottery, I would keep all my money. Absolutely. But the OC girls, like freaking, ugh. This, again, the psychopath that they are, Kelly, dating that, uh, he's a hot dude, though, dating they that got Fox married. News Rick, weather yeah. guy. She made, she made, she married Boy. Rick Leventhal. And that's the other one is that there were pictures that came out this week on Jackie's social media of her and Kelly, her, her, Jackie, Kel, Jackie, Jackie, Evan, Jackie from New Jersey. Jackie. And Evan, yeah, her gold. hot husband. Yeah. They Ew, Jackie's hanging out with, with, with her. Kelly, with Kelly Ew. and Ricky. And all Ew. the comments are like, Jackie, we felt that we thought more of you. Jackie, don't do this. Ja- I mean, like the comments yeah. are just like, Jackie, stop. Jackie's, <laughs> Jackie's like the Eileen Davidson. I really loved when Eileen was on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because Beast? number Beast? Oh, Beast? I know, I know. Because number one, you knew that someone shallow like Lisa Vanderpump would totally go for it because of her mannish looks i remember people down south when she first came on young and the restless i think she's a man you know it was just all again more like homophobia that you like you're like literally they'd be like look at her hands look at her hand. and it's just like oh my god anyway 
great soap opera act. She's been on every soap opera. She's dealt with every fucking diva. So again, put her on the housewives. None of these girls are going to affect her. And they never did. I loved when um, someone came up to, I think it was Lisa, the second season, when Eileen's second season, and she came, she's like, Eileen Davison, like how she would mispronounce you know not call her davidson she uh-huh. would call it davison because that was just to try and get a rise out of her but again eileen's smarter than that her name's been mispronounced many times by casting you know what i mean it's just yeah. like you're not gonna get actors have dealt with more abuse and reject it's like your you, looks come on come on you're and then again beastly but she tried to apologize to her and eileen looked at her and just went <laughs> And just kind of laugh, you know, and I just thought, I would uh, like a return of Eileen. I would like because she's our conscience. Yeah. She's like Jackie. But again, Jackie's a new housewife. And again, and the if way she starts hanging out with those bad ones, it's the just way gonna be Erica like would kiss Eileen's ass, though, to get on to Young and Restless. And like, you know oh, what my I mean? God, like, Erica. Erica. Just cow, well, you know. what do you think about Erica? I think um, Erica was going to have a reckoning here at some point. There's there's. Well, I know, but the way you, you listen to her, you, you like, don't. I've been I've been hard at work my entire life. Like no. hard work. I, I mean, well, what you you've you've had enough of a struggle and everything else, but you've been living in a, a pretty rosé colored life for quite a few years. Now, uh-huh. uh, so uh, many, many, many years. So, so all of this talk about like you know um, the the hardest element in the world they say is diamonds, but get a load of me or whatever her freaking thing is, and it's like. You haven't given us anything. Like we've got, like she's pretty mess, but we've never seen the mess. You know what I mean? But like that music like, is that music. It's so bad. I mean, I get it. It's a well, the thing party is, type is, thing, but but, ugh, but so the editors bad. this year, the editors are not bowing down to her and you can kind of see like they are showing every time she brings out a new diamond necklace we show the cars we're showing everything they stole in every single scene and then like they cut to erica now it's like it's expensive to be me and like and it's just like like erica this is like these are all things you're going to be indicted for like they are just like the bravo people are just putting all this evidence out there and like, well, case in point, Anna Nicole, poor Anna Nicole Smith on the stand. It's very expensive to be me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like, again, someone that innocent that was just, you know, for that one moment was like, y'all know I have, prom-. and it is expensive to pay all those people and those queens that hang well, around her, you know, how you know expensive that dress it her. It ain't your money. It ain't, I mean, Would yes, she- you're his wife and you get 50%, but you know, girl, if you were a bio queen, you know, at the fault line, you know, which she would have fit right in, you know, mm-hmm. Eric, that she would have fit right in, but you know, and I think she and her husband, when they were younger, I, I think they were like a really good looking couple. So I thought he was really handsome, you know, uh, Girardi, um, whatever his name is. Oh, they were having so fun. I, they had a great I time. am really, I'm really interested to see about this divorce and everything. But again, now she doesn't want to talk about it. It's well, like, you don't want to talk to. about it. The, but apparently like you say, she's going it was ex- to this season. They're going to, that, that, because I listened to, because I listened to a lot of podcasts and shit like that. And um, Paris Hilton's podcast, the only reason why I listened to it the other day is because she had Kyle, Crystal, Kathy, Dorit, and Rinna. She had them all on her podcast and they were talking. And the thing is, and they were talking about Erica and they're like, well, this year we had to go there because it was coming out 
as we were shooting. So Erica is not showing up to something. Why isn't she showing up? You know, the, these big things are happening on big days, you know, so she couldn't, she can't hide it. So the, so now they really are going to be going into it all. Like even like Bravo, Bravo, fucking Bravo. Yeah. Well, in the, in the little thing where, where Erica and them are, you know, tell two truths and a lie. And she's like, I was adopted. I had a, I was a, um, in a grand jury case and i also have this other evidence and like she's like well i wasn't adopted but or i was adopted so that wait a second so that she goes i wasn't adopted so that was her lie so the other two are truth but she's like i'll tell you guys later tell us now erica we're here why aren't you owning it you guys did this whole thing with with Denise <laughs> last year and so like why didn't anybody call her out on that right then and so I hope that they're going to get into it all. It's just, it's, it's insane. Shut the f up. You don't know what I deal with every night. We've been yeah. talking for like almost two hours. So I'm going to really? like, yeah. So this has been the ultimate pleasure talking to you. Love Connie. Um, You're going to have to do a part one and part two. I probably will. I'm probably gonna <laughs> probably gonna do that this week. So listen, what? Um, where are we gonna be able to see you? What's coming up? Where are we gonna see you on stage again? I am going to be putting up the show that I was going to do right before uh, lockdown. I'm finally going to be putting it up August uh, the second half of August at the Cavern Club this summer Ooh, in Los nice. Angeles. This yeah, so fun. I'm excited. We're, we're I'm working on it right now. So, and then yeah. I saw too on your um, your social meds that you are you have a David LaChapelle short coming up. Oh, speaking of Paris Hilton, um, yes, and uh, again, I think they had come to see my show, David and his uh, uh, guy that he works with or mm -hmm. that works uh, for him. Um, and I had gotten a call and I did not know what it was for, but they sent me the mood board and their mood board was there was Abby Lee Miller. Oh, wow. So they're like, we need some, <laughs> we need to some, we need someone to come in here and shake these models up. And they showed me Abby Lee Miller. And I was like, Oh girl, I, 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 I have moms? got this one <laughs> dance moms. So I was ready to like whip these models. So yeah, I, and I couldn't figure out what it was for, but then Paris Hilton's there. And then did you ever see Truth or Dare? Yes. Madonna, Truth or Dare. Uh -huh. Remember the girl that did Madonna's makeup? And then they had, there's that whole story oh, about she's crying. Sharon, Sharon woke up and she's crying and she's bleeding from her asshole. And they're like, all I know, she probably went out last night, told everyone that she was doing my makeup and then got raped in the ass. Or Madonna says something <laughs> that's really funny. She was, she was even there at the shoot. So it was just kind of like, oh my God, it's like the future and the past. And, um, but it turns out it, it was for a designer, this designer, Kaimila, as like a promo for her because she was doing this line of like textile fabrics as fashion or something like that. Mm -hmm. And now it's a short video. So I, I never knew what it was. It's but going to it's film something, festivals. So. It is, and it's really, and basically I'm the star of the whole thing. And it's just this weird improv thing with David. And I didn't even know David LaChapelle, you know, um, because a lot of people will come see my show, but usually if it's someone like um, 
like my favorite Instagram is, you know, is Francois Sagat, who apparently showed up at one of my shows, you know, and then they leave and you never meet them. So, you know, you're like, God damn it. I want to meet Francois Sagat. This is ridiculous. And then, then you're then you're like then you're like well were they really there or are they lying to me because la you're so like you were not there i see everyone in that audience when i'm on that stage you know mm-hmm. um but yeah apparently they all came and um so so we're yeah, gonna keep our it's, eyes it's out a, for it. what is that one called off hiatus off and it's hiatus. really funny yeah, so we yeah. have to keep our yes. eyes open for Off Hiatus, the short film. I know it's going to like, it looks like it's going to different film festivals. So as they start coming yeah, back around. Yeah. So yeah. that's exciting. So we're going to see you this summer uh, in LA. You guys keep an eye on To Love Connie's social media. Where can they find you on Instagram? Real Love that's Connie. Twice. Real love, Connie. Uh, real so, love, Connie. And what I'll do is I'll put that in the show notes, you guys, so you guys can click on that. Make sure you guys are following her. But you guys probably are. And if you guys aren't, then follow because you guys need to get tickets for the show that's coming out in August. So I am so excited. Everything is opening back up. So I know I'm going to be seeing you in real life soon. And I can't wait to give you a big hug. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Love Connie. You're welcome. I had a blast. Thank you. Listen, make sure you guys like and subscribe, Bald and Bingeable, wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us five stars over on Apple Podcasts because those ones really matter. Tell the robots you like us so then we can keep on coming up in those uh, in those charts. Other than that, you guys can find me at D'Angelo Gogo on Twitter and Instagram or D'Angelo on TikTok. Good night from the lower level. See you guys later. Bye. Good night from the lower level.